Before we get into today's episode, I just want to tell you about DistroKid. If you are thinking about releasing music, releasing some songs this year, look no further than DistroKid. There are other distributors out there. Uh, this one comes in at 20 bucks a year, which isn't too bad. I did have my songs on a, another platform. It was charging me $60 an album. It was charging me $10 a single. This is $20 for a whole year. So I thought I'd let you know about it. This is where I have the Ritter Kid songs. I have my solo songs on. Need a distributor? Choose DistroKid. Also, check in the show notes. You can get 7% off. How about that? <laughs> Just click in the link below and uh, and release some damn music, would ya? It's fun. All right, let's get into today's episode. Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. Mm-hmm. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, but thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. I'm yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. <laughs> Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you move? Moon, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. This is where we talk about music. We have people on from the industry and we chew the fat about anything. Anything that's on their mind. I hope your week's been well. hope you've been doing uh, plenty of good stuff, plenty of positive stuff. This week on the episode, which is episode 52, yes, 52 episodes. I know I'm shocked too. I know. <laughs> Not the only one. Uh, we're still going. This is good. I'm loving it. Let's go to 100. Let's go to 150. Let's go to 1,000. I'm happy to do this forever. This is this is such a, such a joy coming in here in this uh, spare bedroom in my house as I look around. Um, this is where it all began. And just... Chatting to musos and those in the industry, it's been great. Today on the episode, we've got Jacob Fitzgerald from Jacob Fitzgerald. Um, so he started out as a solo performer. He's from Melbourne. Great songwriter. Like, really impressive stuff that he's got out at the moment. But he has now got a band behind him as well. I said, mate, come on the podcast. He said, you know what? I will. So uh, so I got him on. We uh, we nerd out about home studios. If you've been listening to a few episodes, you know that I love a home studio. I like talking about it, like, you know, hearing about the build out, hearing about how it's set up, that sort of thing. I also quiz him on his similarity to Bruce Springsteen. Now, I don't like saying artists sound like other artists, but there are little sprinkles of Bruce Springsteen in Jacob Fitzgerald. And I think... That is one of the biggest compliments you can get, to sound like the boss. We talk about what it's like going from singer-songwriter to full band. We talk about his new single. We talk about creating a person in your head that you write songs about. So if you're a songwriter and you're listening to this podcast, this one's for you. We do funny things before we write songs. And it's funny the visuals that you have when you're writing a song and who are you writing that song about. Sometimes it's quite clear you might be thinking about an old school teacher or an old girlfriend or something like that. But then in some cases, you might create a person in your head that you write songs about. And that person, completely fictional. <laughs> I feel like that's what Jacob's got in his head. He's got a certain person. We talk about the description of that person. And we also talk about 
him and his band, they're all living under the same roof. They're all in the same house, uh, just up the hallway from each other. They've got their rooms, but they're gigging together. They're making music together. They're sleeping together in separate rooms. What's that like? What's it like? I think it's a dream for many people who start a band to experience that. I had a friend years and years ago. He lived with his band in a factory in West Coast. <laughs> and I don't think he was allowed to do it, but it was an old bikey shed. And he had a stage in there because that's where the strippers used to go. Wild times. They had a pole there. And this is all the bikies old setup. So these four guys moved into this factory in West Gosford. They lived up in the rooms and had the band set up permanently on the stage and they could jam at any time of the night, any time of the day they wanted, and they would never get a noise complaint. And uh, I was envious of that story and I'm kind of envious of Jacob's story. So let's get him on. Let's hear his story. This is Jacob Fitzgerald, my interview with him. Dude, I'm so sorry. You know, it's been that long since I've uh, since I've used Zoom. I had to like update stuff, and um, which I, I guess is a blessing and a curse, right? Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting here frantically going, "It shouldn't be this hard." You know, technology is good. Um, why am I struggling? You're not the only one, and it happens to me. It happens to me so much. Like I had this guy on once, and it took us half an hour. We were just <laughs> trying to work out the problem. Makes me feel a lot better then. Okay, all right, <laughs> we're, we're here now. We're here now. Yeah, don't feel bad, man. How you been? What's what's been happening today? Yeah, well, I've been good, man. I've been good. Um, today's been a slow day, which I I like. I've needed. Um, so I've just done, you know, a little bit of demoing, a bit of writing, a bit of journaling, cleaning up the head us. Um, sort of, uh, yeah, just just sort of take, taking a chill one, you know, more or less. Not um, not stressing myself out too much, which has been nice. What about you? You had a good day? Yeah, pretty good. I uh, finished work straight off the freeway straight in here and then straight on the on the zoom amazing <laughs> we love yeah. it <laughs> uh, it's good man like I, lo- I love work and whatnot but it's cool to be able to just come home and just jump in my studio and be able to chat to musicians like this so uh i love it there's no complaining about um doing extra work after work because i don't consider this work at all oh yeah man when you love what you do right that's uh that's good that's good so you're just uh chilling at home dabbling with songs do you play around on logic or pro tools or yeah, uh, I, you know, for the good part of the most of this year, actually, I've been living with, uh, with a couple of members of the band, and um, my nice. best mate Rick, he's uh, he's an Ableton boy. Uh, so I, I used to be a Logic uh, Logic fanatic, um, and you know, dabbled on that with all the demos. But I've started doing all the sessions uh, from Ableton, uh, just on the one computer. That way, a demo can turn into the to the song session, basically. Um, so sort of just streamlining streamlining. Uh, the process, which is which has been fun, you know, but I'm I'm still a bit of a noob with Ableton. I'll be honest, so <laughs> it's a it's a bit more, uh, you know, spaceshipy for my liking. But um, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a crack at Ableton, but there's so many so many flavors out there. Logic, Pro Tools, as you said, yeah. Ableton. There's so many to pick from. But one of the things you said there, and I'm really interested about now, the band living in the same house. Are you good at living with each other, or um, do you have your struggles? I love it. Um, you know, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe they behind, behind my back. Maybe they're like, oh, fucking Jacob, he's bossing us around all the time. Um, nah, it's it's honestly a really good dynamic. Um, obviously, yeah, it's a it's a super creative household. But um, I think we're we're all pretty good at doing our own things. Um, and we make sure that we, um, yeah, sort of don't 
don't hammer home the the fact that we kind of work and live together. Um, you know, our drummer Ruben, he's um he's a he's a really busy dude. You know, he's um he's at he's at work right now actually. Um, yeah. so it's not like we're in each other's pockets all the time. Um, and we sort of love the benefit of you know d- demo days, right? We can we can knock on each other's door and be like, hey, let's yeah. uh, can I borrow you for ten minutes and quickly smash out a drum part. Um, so it's, it's nice in that regard. And yeah, so far we haven't had any, any bumps in the road of, uh, God, I'm sick of seeing you all the time. But I think if you can tour with someone and live close quarters with someone, um, you can, you can live in a house with separate rooms, no dramas. So yeah, uh, you can take on the world. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, um, now we all come from sort of a similar upbringing and, um, you know, sort of moral code. So it's been it's honestly just like living with family. Are you finding that you're you're writing more because you've got the guys from the band in the house? Yeah, I'm at the moment. I've, I've got a little song challenge for myself this week, where I'm trying to write a, a song a week. Uh, so I'm nice. on day four, and um, so that's what. Yeah, this morning I've just been having a little uh, chip away at a song, and it's. Um, I think yeah, creatively, and I guess the ease of being able to create and flesh out ideas. Yeah, for sure, it's helped, and it's. Um, yeah, it's made for a much more. Just an easy environment to explore and dabble in new things, and and when a song's done, it's like, well, hey, we can, I guess we can track this now because uh, we're pulling some good sounds from the home studio, and we're trying to be as self sufficient as we can. I love the idea of a song a week. How many weeks are we in, or have you just started? <laughs> it's it's literally yeah, just this week. I've sort of just been yeah trying to trying to work my way through. I guess just it's it's a muscle, you know, and. Um, I journal a lot and uh, one of my sort of things that I realised I was constantly asking myself was how do I create creative flow? Mm. Um, I felt like I was waiting around and a lot of the music I consume, I, I hear them talking in interviews and stuff and like, oh, we had 150 songs, you know, to choose from and we narrowed it down to 12 and I'm like, well, why can't I do that? You know, I, I can write songs. Um, and, yeah, I sort of just reframed the the mindset of setting myself little challenges and, um when I have an idea, sort of chasing that as um, for as long as I possibly can, and and yeah, utilizing the yeah the tools, you know, with, with, whether it's the band or just the studio to flesh those ideas out. And sometimes they're nothing, sometimes they're something. But yeah, a song a day so far, and uh, yeah, until until I'm properly spent, it'll um you know, <laughs> it, it'll be a song a day. <laughs> it really is good though if you can if you can keep yourself focused and disciplined and do it. It's pretty cool to be able to say have 50 songs and then pick the best 10 of those as opposed exactly. to just having 10 songs and that's it. 100%. Yeah, it's uh you know creativity is is really important in my life and it's um it's something I, you know, I use to identify with, you know, I I consider myself a creative person. Uh so yeah, learning how to tap into that and and maybe not be as, you know, regimented in my songwriting and Sometimes, like, I, I typically write with the guitar, but, you know, I've been doing a lot more like what you would consider poetry, so yep. writing lyrics and then and taking take him into the studio to demo. Um, so that's been fun to explore as well. So it's sort of just pushing yourself in different directions to see what sticks. And sometimes you'll get songs out of it, which is even better. Might be a silly question, but do you get writer's block? I feel like everyone does. I was just about to say that. I, I, everyone gets writer's block for sure. Um, yeah, I'm one of them. Um, but yeah, sort of what I was just touching on then is trying to work out, well, you know, what am I doing that is, I guess, creating the block. So for example, like I'm, I'm no freak guitarist. I know, you know, the main chords to get me through the, get me through the gig. So sometimes I find I have ideas that maybe limit me to 
what I'm currently doing on the guitar, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of strumming away and, and just plucking at stuff and it's, it's mm. all kind of sounding the same. So yeah, doing, doing stuff that is going to push me towards a new direction of writing. So writing without music, writing in complete silence, writing while Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run is playing in the background, just trying to do different stuff and, and consume different ideas. Hey, you brought up Bruce Springsteen, and I'm so glad you did. I'll tell you why. Because I was, I'm driving down the uh, M1, the, the freeway on the way home, and I'm listening to your songs, and uh, and I don't like, I don't like saying, "Oh, this artist sounds like this artist" or whatever. But you know, you get little little hints of of artists, and I was like, I can hear a little Bruce Springsteen in in some of some of your songs. I'm blushing. That is so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of the boss's influence. Has he influenced you quite heavily? Yeah, I grew up. My dad lived in New Jersey in the in the Springsteen peak. Um, you know, he was only there a few years, but I think that formed a lot of his music taste. Um, you know, born in the USA, might have just come out um, while he was living there. And um, so I grew up listening to Springsteen. Um, and as I was sort of dabbling in this sort of new era of music and working out what it looks like um, from a songwriting perspective and, and playing with the band, I realised that a massive part of what we do is the band our live show is um you know i I love playing live we thrive off live and um yeah we realized that we have this kind of big band sound you know thundering drums screeching sax um yeah big guitars and and hooky choruses and i guess that's a yeah that's a testament to bruce springsteen and his uh his songwriting class and it's yeah rubbed off on me so he's, he's a big part of my life it sounds great. He's a freak as well when it comes to live performance. Actually, I saw a video of like, it was like Lars from Metallica. There was all these big like rock people on the side of stage while Bruce Springsteen was playing. And you just looked at all these, you know, big names standing side stage, all of them in awe at Bruce Springsteen. Like he literally is the boss of the industry. <laughs> he is. He's a, yeah, he's a workhorse, which is what I admire most about him, I think. And because it shines through his music and his his stagecraft and his, um, you know, his showmanship. He's just, uh, he's just a master at work. When he's on stage, you can tell that he's he's so commanding. You can't you can't really take your eyes off him. And he's and the A Street Band, you know, they're they're just one of a kind as well. Now you were talking about you thrive live. You know, you're all about the band and sounding loud on stage and having a good fun time running around and whatnot. I've had to listen to some other songs. Seems like you were more so along the acoustic lines back in the day. Yeah, man. Is that how it started? Was it was it just Jacob Fitzgerald and no one else? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It was um it's been a yeah, it's been a really fun evolution, honestly. Um I started doing the singer-songwriter thing. I was pretty heavily into the busking scene uh in Melbourne and I just tell people that was just the way the cookie crumbled, you know. I was just mm. writing songs, making music and I and I had a had a bunch of songs that I wanted to record and they had this sort of, yeah, singer songwriter folky kind of, kind of vein. And, and it was really fun to make. And then, uh, you know, I met, I met Ruben and his sister, his sister Charlie, who plays keys in, in electric city. Um, you know, we started jamming as a three piece doing cover gigs. And then we, we had a guy that came in and played bass for a bit. And, um, this band sort of evolved over time. And I realized that, you know, playing, writing songs with players in mind, uh, mm. was was a really important part of, of the evolution and um you know it turned into this sort of you know rock and roll thing which I'm loving yeah I really like that the, the one uh that you've got up there it's probably still your your most played song I think at the moment on uh, it is on yeah Adoya Adoya it's um we can't shake it which um I'm not mad about you know I like <laughs> that song I'm proud of that song does it still make the set 
It does. It's much different now, though. Um, you know, we we acknowledge that, you know, there are people. That's that's their favourite song. They come to watch yeah, Jacob and yeah. the Electric City Gang. You know, they're, they're, that's the song they want to hear. And, um, you know, we love that song. But it's, it's very rare that the acoustic guitar comes out these days. Uh, so we play sort of a bit more of a, a grittier version. Yeah, you know, we always try to put, put credit to where the song the song is honestly, you know, it's um it's helped me do a lot. You know, a lot of people yeah. still reach out and say that's their favorite song and I love it. You know, it's um it's really kind of them to say and I'm glad it's still hitting some people's ears. It's a really great track. You brought up busking. Um were you playing your own songs busking or were you doing a mixture of that and covers? A bit of both. A bit of both. What did you learn from busking? I know that Busking has created so many careers for some of the biggest musicians right now. I mean, you look at uh, Passenger, you look at Ed Sheeran, you look at, um, I think James Blunt was doing a bit of busking. They started out slugging it out on the streets. And uh, what what have you learned from that experience? In hindsight, what, what I've learned, I guess, sort of looking back at my busking days from this point now is that I was kind of born to command an audience. You know, busking is is you're not necessarily there to – it's not a gig, you know. Yeah. You're there to, to show people what you got. you got to make you got to make do. So, you know, I would I would do sort of about 60, 40 originals and covers um, and, you know, I'd play some some weird acoustic version of Billie Jean nice. <laughs> and, and it would be really odd and people would stop and listen and be like, hey, is, this is Billie Jean and then I'd work it into a door. I'd put the capo in a similar spot on the guitar and all of a sudden I'd be – Halfway through Billie Jean, I'll be like, all right, this next song is is a doya. It's uh, one of mine. You can listen to it right now. You can buy a CD, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it really sort of hammered home the necessity for commanding a crowd because the reality is, is when you're starting out, even us now, you know, we're doing a lot of support tours and stuff like that, is people don't know your name yet. And mm-hmm. you've got to hammer at home of, of who you are and what you do. And if they're only there for one song, you've got to you got a three-minute business card to, to hook them in. Yeah, hammer, really hammered home the, the necessity for being a, a commanding presence uh, musically and that sort of evolved now into you know, being a front man and doing the band thing. But um, I suppose when you're out there as well, you're, you're building up your confidence talking to people as well through the mic and stuff in between songs and whatnot, and that, that obviously helps you later down the track when you've got a band and you're on stage. Yeah, 100%. 100%. you got to... You know, pe- people don't uh, people don't necessarily respond well to talking all the time. There are some people that that can do it really well. I don't know if I'm one of those people because I, I kind of like to let the music do the thing. But um, yeah, if you can sort of show a bit of your personality yeah. and um, and talk about a song and, and maybe why it's relatable, um, I found that was really positive for me. And um, yeah, like I, I we did a the band and I did a gig a few weeks ago, and I had people that I met on the street busking. Uh, come to that gig. Oh, and, nice! And it was a really awesome moment. Um, but hopefully, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll go back one day and start having another crack. <laughs> I'm sure the crowds will be bigger too this time. Um, Hurt Me Harder is your latest music video. You're getting the shit kicked out of you. Well, that's what it seems like anyway. There's no one there. Uh, it's a wild video clip. How much input did you have in the idea for that? And it's a really, really cool video. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm really, thanks for, yeah, thanks for giving it a look. I had that idea kind of come to me sort of mid-songwriting process and I work really closely with Cam Mitchell who, who worked at One House Productions. Little shout out for them. They're an incredible production company who they're going to do incredible things for the Australian scene, no doubt. But basically I went to school with Cam and I had this idea and I kind of loosely explained it to him. I showed him the song and he just sort of sees things visually 
in the same way I do. So yeah, I had this idea of like, look, man, the song's about bottling up your feelings and I kind of want to demonstrate that by just increasingly getting more battered and adding a bit of production value to a to a makeup artist and, you know, dancing around like a bit of a lunatic and <laughs> juxtaposing happy dancing with, you know, looking like a wreck. <laughs> and uh yeah, I think he pretty much said, "Yeah, man, say less, let's do it." And uh, it looks exactly the way I imagined it. So um, that's a that's a real testament to them. Really cool to find those people when you find that person who has the same vision as yourself, and to have them in your pocket. It's rare to find that, but how good of a source is it? It's awesome. Yeah, we say we often you know laugh about that because uh, One House have done every every music video that we've done. Yeah, um, you know, so you look back at Pretty Much My Mind was the first one we did and. Um, the production value sort of shows where they, they were at at the time and and they've grown just exponentially. You know, they're doing some amazing things, um, not only, you know, within the Australian music scene, but um, just even within short films and, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we, we laugh and we say we're so glad that we can grow together and we can we can do this thing and, and create a, a, as a team. And it's, yeah, it's it's lucky. You hit the road last month? Yes, yeah. A couple, uh, couple of gigs? July. June, yes, yeah, June we were on the road and it was, man, I'm stinging to go get back out there and play. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you had three dates, right? It was three three shows, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Yes, yep, correct. And, uh, dude, we, uh, as I said before, we thrive off life. We feel like that's where we do our best work. And, yeah, had a really, really fun run in Brisbane. Um, had a week off, did some riding with some friends and, um, you know, even just within, our, within the band. And, yeah, got back down to Sydney. Played a show and then had a nice big one in Melbourne. How was the response, uh, he, you know, heading along the East Coast? Yeah, this was the best tour we've done, we think. Um, we've really found sort of the, the music we're making is really who we are now. Um, we found like the, the band is in a really good spot. Um, we've just recently acquired a, a new bass player. Uh, Liam Gracias has taken over Alex Rick Hollywood uh, on, on guitar and um, he's now in lead, playing the lead position. So we've just... Um, this was the first tour where we got to showcase that. What's on the? I know you had the EP last year. You have the single this year. Um, yep. What's coming up? Yeah, working on some more tunes. Writing like a madman. We got a we got a song that we we've been playing live called uh, Penny Lane. You know, being being independent, I can spill all the secrets, which I like. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have a song called Penny Lane, which is dedicated to basically all the front row bandits, the people that come and watch live music. You know, we find that we just fall in love playing playing to them. And, um, yeah, kind of built this kind of rock anthem around that notion. That should be out relatively soon, you know, within the next couple. And, yeah, I guess around then we can maybe play some more shows and do some small cap stuff potentially and, yeah, keep pushing for, for some support shows and stuff like that. But, yeah, we're just hustling out here, man, trying to make good music and play good shows. Yeah, it sounded great. And you're doing it from, you are doing it all from home. Like, uh, are the drums done from there? Like, is it all done from home? Absolutely. Everything is done wow. in our room, um, which is honestly a credit to Mr. Alex Walker, who, yeah, he's going by Rick Hollywood when he's on stage. But, you know, when he's here, he's, <laughs> he's Alex Walker and he's a fucking genius. You know, he's pulling some awesome sounds from, from in here and, and part of me thinks it's a little bit of fate as well. You know, we've got this this house that we're living in all the time and creating in, and the room sounds good. 
It'll always blow me away. See, my band, we do the same here. We uh, record in this room here. We get the drums actually recorded at a studio. We did that last time, but yep. it always does. Like, I'm not, I'm not a mixer or a master. I know how to press record and record a guitar and in a bass and whatnot. But it is amazing. Like, I listen to it and I go, yeah, it sounds okay. But then you send it off, you know, and you get it mixed or you get it mastered. It is phenomenal when you listen back to it and you did it all in your bloody house. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely yeah there's a sense of pride in there you know there's um the the technology these days is is awesome you know mm. like we we record a lot of live sounds but yeah like there's so much readily available to do it by yourself so yeah there's definitely a, a sense of pride in in doing it here you know grassroots i was talking to diesel singer songwriter the other day and he says he goes upstairs records an album sends it off to his mixing master he gets a vinyl pressed the vinyl comes back and he puts it on his vinyl player and he looks up at his studio and he looks at the vinyl player and he goes, this is just amazing. It gets made up there, then it gets sent somewhere and it comes back and it, here it is in front of me on my vinyl player and I'm playing it where I where I created it. 100%. That's a, what a sick story. That's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the notion of being able to... I guess not not even that it's a it's a money thing, but you know, you can pour good sounds anywhere. And sometimes, mm. you know, the the shittiness of a room really adds to a record. Um, you know, there's plenty of mistakes in things and there's plenty of, you know, yeah, I guess imperfections uh in in, in any studio. Uh, so it's just a matter of finding like what works where. Another guy, Foy Vance, singer-songwriter from Ireland, um, he sat at his kitchen table. He had a mic like this. And he wrote this song. To this day, it's it's his biggest hit. Um, it got him on a tour with Ed Sheeran and all that. They tried to re-record it outside in a proper studio. And they were sitting there and they were going, we can't get that reverb you got sitting in your house at your kitchen table. We just can't. We can't work out what you've done. And then they worked two and two together and they were like, it's just the sound of your kitchen. And we're not going to be able to replicate it. That's yeah. got to be the vocal that goes on the track. So <laughs> so where you record and you might be sitting there in your room there thinking, oh, maybe this room's not the best for uh, recording, but you never know. Like sometimes some, the hits can be made there. Yeah, man. There's, uh, yeah, I think Stevie Nicks has a similar story of her guy vocal for a track ended up making you know, making the cut. Um, sometimes, you know, we don't know why, but sometimes things just end up being right, whether it's the feeling, the intent behind the lyric, the yeah, the reverb of your kitchen windows. Um, <laughs> they just make this picture and and puzzle piece fit. And um, you know, there's yeah, there's a little bit of magic in that, and that's what I like about making music in the modern day. Is there's yeah, there's imperfections, but also on the other on the other side of the coin is there's perfections in every room. Sometimes you stumble upon them by accident. There's plenty of magic in your songwriting too. Where do you start with songwriting? Do you have rules set? Do you think? If this makes me feel a certain way, then it's a good one. If it doesn't do that, it's not a good song. Where do you start when you're writing a song? You know, when do you know you're going the right way? And when do you know it's time to just chuck that one in the bin? Yeah, I think that's an, what an awesome question. I, I kind of have two answers spring to mind. Um, one from, you know, the Jacob that was writing songs a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and one from the Jacob that's writing songs now. I think, yeah, like like you touched on, feeling is probably the main one. If it feels yeah. right, then it's probably right. We have a we have a saying that we drill here that if it feels like the song, then it's a song. 
um, because you you tend to notice when something feels uh, off as opposed mm. to as opposed to on. So, um, you know, in terms of like how I start writing a song, I'll, I'll usually have something I want to say. One of our bigger songs at the moment, uh, Muse. Yeah, just a bit of a rock anthem, you know. When I listened to that today, because I hadn't heard that one yet, I was like, I could picture that in an ad. Well, hey man, tell your yeah. friends. <laughs> um, no, look, you know that that song came about purely from from the from the place of people don't know our songs, uh, so let's give them a, a hook that they can sing with ease. Which is, you know, the lyric is "Girl in my muse, ooh, <laughs> it's triple O." <laughs> you know, right. it's it's not it's not a hard song, you know. But it's still it's such a cool lyric. Obviously, the the, the song itself. You know, I, I say it like, oh, it came about just for this, you know, one thing. Like the song itself has deeper meaning yeah. because I like to write with deeper meaning. But we were like, well, we're, we're playing all these support tours. No one knows our songs. Like, and we have to warm them up. That's our one job. We've got to warm these people up. It's a bonus if they like us. It's a bonus if they want to follow us, get merch, you know, hang out. But our main job is we've got to warm these guys up. So we've got to warm their vocals up. Let's write a hook. So I started dabbling with that and then I realised that, you know, I have this person in the back corner of my mind that I always can tap into and write songs about. And um, mm. I was like, well, I have a muse. I didn't know I had a muse. I've got a muse. So lo and behold, you write a song called Muse and it's um, it's a fun one to play. People love it. It's probably my favourite song that we've written. Yeah, it's a, um, great, it's a great song, that one. Thank yeah. you, man. I appreciate it. Now, you're saying you got the person in the back of your head. Is that just a, a, a second you or is there a certain person you always think about when you write songs? I think uh, there's a type of person I think about, you know, there's um, there's people we put on pedestals and they come from every which way. They come from people I've met to people I see on TV to people that we yeah. idolise and love and, and, you know, I try and think of, you know, that first feeling of when I realised I had a crush on someone when I was young, you know, like, it's everything. It's like what makes a, you know, and I guess I've built this character in my head of like what's the, whether it's a person that I'm in, in the song, you know, whether it's someone that's in love, is it yeah. lust, is it, you know, in Muse it ends up being kind of, well, it's an obsession kind of thing, you know. So I guess, yeah, there's a there's an element of fantasy and reality kind of blended into one and I kind of don't think about it too much because if I do it'll probably unravel. <laughs> so i got this certain person in in the back corner of my mind that helps me write songs sometimes and it's, it's nice. Is there hair colour? Is there is there eye colour? Is there can you is it is it a vivid image of this person or 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 not? To be honest, they probably exist in the world. Maybe I'll find them one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like I love I'm a big fan of green eyes. It's the first line in news. Green eyes got me transfixed. Yeah. Like, that's like it's I find I was always imagining these big green eyes on someone and um yeah, I kind of write about that, like, you know, drowning in your eyes and et cetera and so forth. Like, yeah, there's an element of, I guess, I guess she looks like someone, but <laughs> whether it's a, whether it's a real person, who knows? There you go. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for jumping on the, on the street press, man. Um, uh, obviously there's some more tunes on the way. Plus you've got this, uh, little project you're doing at the moment. You might get a hundred songs ready. <laughs> You're going to start pumping out one a day. <laughs> I hope that's the case. I really do. I really do. But yeah, we're only four in. But um, yeah, hey, man, thanks for having me on the pod. It's, um, it's been really cool. No worries, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for jumping on the street press. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you around. This is 
Jacob Fitzgerald, go and check him out. He and his band absolutely ripping up Melbourne at the moment. Go to jacobfitzgerald.com.au. Go check out his music or you can find him on Instagram. He's the real deal. All right, it's time for this. Yes, this is the part of the show where you can write on in. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters or you can click the link in the show notes. You write it, I'll read it out. This week... Uh, a message from Cam. Uh, he listened to an episode. Actually, it was a few back now. I think it might have been episode 45 of the 40 Vans. He says, man, I was listening to your podcast the other night and I heard your story about our geography class in high school. I cracked up so much. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I'm pretty sure that's the only class I failed. Me too, Cam. I think the reason we failed is because we were both sitting next to each other, drawing random pictures of things. I remember we, <laughs> we were, I'd never met your dad, Cam, and uh, you were telling me how he was like the strongest man you knew. And we used to sit up at the back of geography. <laughs> we would draw, I would draw pictures of what I thought your dad should look like. And uh, I think we got kicked out a few times from laughing so much because um, the muscles that I had on your dad were extreme. And um, I've still got to meet your dad, actually. That would be funny. Um, I could show him the stencils. Hey, if you like what I'm doing, interviewing musicians and people in the industry, uh, you can you can become a member. You can get the backstage access to the Street Press podcast on the website. Uh, there is a members area. We've got a few now, which is good. It's nice to see the numbers climbing. Um, on there, you get some discounts. We've got show tickets to give away. Uh, I've also got something very special in the works. Anyone who is a member right now or anyone who wants to become a member, a free mug. Yep. Street press mugs for members. You're probably like me. Got too many mugs anyway. Um, (laughs) But I will be getting onto that very shortly, sending out mugs. So you can sit there with your coffee and listen to the street press and look at the logo and go, oh, that's cool. I apologize for my shoddy marketing. But, uh, yeah, if you want to become a member, click the show notes. You can sign up for as little as $4 a month, and I'll send a mug out to you. All right, I think I've waffled on a little too much today. So I'll be back here same time next week on Wednesday. I'll have someone else on from the music industry. I hope you have a great week. Until then, ta-da. Ta-da.